Hi, it's Randy G with the host of Health Outline. We're back from D.C. We've actually been back for a day, but of course, um, when you do a demonstration in Washington, D.C., and you're over the age of 30, it takes you about a day and a half to try to recover. So that's what we're doing. We're recovering. Um, for those of you who couldn't go, it was, and, and, and will stay indelibly inked in my brain as the most amazing thing I have ever seen. Um, Mainstream media, or, or what we want to now call um, uh, Rambo media, or Obama media, did not cover this event correctly, and even some at Fox News did not cover it correctly. But uh, we we actually had counters there. We had people who did clickers and uh, and counted. And if you were there, um, oh, at eight, maybe between eight a.m. and ten a.m., you saw maybe sixty-five or seventy-five thousand people. That's true. However, the marches didn't start till 11, and by 11 o'clock, you couldn't get into the mall, and by 1 o'clock, you couldn't get down the street. So uh, our counters, and, and with 4,500 buses and um, hotel rooms filled up for a 35-mile radius, and people sleeping on the floor in hotel rooms, because people let them in and said, you know, they couldn't get a room, so they'd sleep on the floor, and the number of people turned away from coming down the streets of, of D.C. and coming into the city itself because of, of the traffic. Uh, we know that there were at least 2 million, if not 2.5 million people, or more even. Uh, uh, I was maybe smart enough for <laughs> to not stay in the city itself. I went up to, um, to Maryland, you know, whatever that is, 20 miles away, 25 miles away, but it's about a 40-minute uh, train ride and stayed at a, at a motel out there and and took the train in so I wouldn't have to worry about parking and driving in the middle of the night and then getting out of that mess on, on um, Sunday morning um, but even on the trains as, as we were coming back from the rally we left a little bit early but we were on the trains at uh, 4 o'clock 4.30 and people were still coming in on the trains and the, and the basic rally was over so it depended on when you when you saw it and, you know Obama flew over at um, 8 a.m. on his way to Air Force One to spend some more money to go to, to uh, Minnesota and get out of town and there were already tens of thousands of people there whatever it was 35 or 40,000 so the White House thinks that's how many were there because they're they're so out of touch with what goes on everywhere um, the main thing was that there were people um, lined up at Freedom Square that were still getting there at 11 o'clock because uh, it's confusing. You know, you get off the, the, the train, everybody says, oh, a couple blocks that way. Well, it's really 10 blocks, and they're long blocks, and then people couldn't do it, so they had to get a cab to get to the march so they could march down the street and survive. Um, and for those of you who know me, you know that I I was paralyzed in the Marines, and so now that I'm getting a little bit older, some of those things come back to haunt me, and and uh, I, I even had trouble, and and my friend who went with me had trouble, and has no problems with with her body. So just walking on the concrete and standing on the concrete for 12 hours and doing that for a couple of days in a row will will kind of run you down just a little bit. And then taking the trains, and you know, and the trains were totally packed, so you stand up on the trains and and um, get pushed around, and, and then you sleep in a weird bed with weird air in the, in the hotel room, and chlorinated water, I couldn't even hardly brush my teeth without gagging, because we're just not used to chlorinated water anymore, um, very hard, and when you take a shower and chlorinated water, it burns your skin, 
this, you know, um, you you people who are still showering in chlorinated water, you should know this, that this is really being absorbed. And when you get away from it, your body knows the poison. It's like smoking or drinking or or something like that. Once you quit, it's it makes you sicker once you get back into it or, you, or you're near it because your body recognizes it as poison. But anyway, we're back and... Um, uh, you know, uh, the media is not covering any of this correctly, but that's okay because I think that um, what this did for people was it taught them that they weren't alone, and and with all the frustrations that they've been feeling for months, and and everybody says, well, this is a healthcare anti-healthcare. No, it isn't. It started way back, and everybody gave this president and this administration a chance, and right away they threw this seven hundred billion dollar stimulus package down our throats with everybody calling and writing and emailing and stomping and knocking on doors saying don't do it we're saying no to this stimulus and bailout stuff well let's let's go to the bailout first bailout and then stimulus 700 billion dollar bailout and then or 680 billion dollar bailout 700 billion dollar stimulus every way it went it's so much money that you can't even keep track of it anymore um people said don't bail out don't bail all these places out let them do what they need to do um like nobody bails out my business you know um and and you'll get creative like we all do as Americans and it'll come back or it won't. Maybe it's supposed maybe it's time for some of these places to be gone. Um and nobody listened. So then when the the next um stimulus came out and we knew it was all full of earmarks and pork, everybody called again and emailed and stumped and did all this stuff trying to get their senators and representatives to say no and it got pushed through anyway because nobody listened. Then you have the budget, which also incorporated a lot of earmarks, which nobody even has talked about, um, and nobody listened. And I mean, you just keep on going and and cap and trade. Okay, we got to do this right away, or otherwise this is going to happen. You know, all this rush, 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 and this is it, the, the world's going to come to an end if we don't do it. And again, people called and wrote and did everything they could, and they still see the votes going totally against what they're saying. And and they hear people like Axelrod, who said this weekend that none of these two million people represent anything that's going on in America, and they're they're just um, the fringe group of, of weirdos. And uh, if 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 that's you know that's what leads to this kind of thing and people started to feel like am I the only one who's nuts you know I'm doing all this stuff trying to say no and everybody keeps doing it anyway and maybe there's only 20 of us who feel this way and so anyway so we get to to Washington on Thursday and um and there were a lot of things going on on Friday in the hotels and different hotels so you had to make your way to those places um but what you saw was people all on the same page even though their issues were different you know, some people were only there because of um, they got really into the the idea about what's going to happen with taxes, and some people were only there for the health care reform thing because they didn't want single payer and government run health care, and other people were there because they have totally lost confidence in Congress, and so they really want Congress fired, all of them. Um, and you just went on down the line, and, and people had different issues. And then there were some people who combined all those, and and um, and then some people who found even more that I didn't even know about. But um, but the point was is that there's this this deep sense of of frustration and dissatisfaction and taxation without representation and all the stuff that goes back to the beginning of 
how our country started. So then you see the people who are who are pushing the Constitution, and that's where it's coming from. Is wait a minute, we have this Constitution, we have this Declaration of Independence, this Bill of Rights, and all these things are going on from this administration that feel like all of those rights are, and freedoms are being taken away. And when you try to question it or or um, ask your representatives who you have elected to work for you. Um, whether that's the president or in Congress or whoever, uh, and they don't listen or they act like they don't listen or they make fun of you, you know, or whatever, um, now you get a little concerned that maybe your country is going away or being taken over or being overshadowed or undermined, whatever. And, and, and if you're a good American, if you grew up in this country and you, you understand American history and how we got to where we are and you appreciate the freedoms that you have, um, you have no choice but to react and to react in, in the way that suits you mostly. Now, there are some people who have been in many demonstrations all their life. I have. You know, I've, I've been at many on both sides because I'm not, I'm an independent. So I, I look at the issues and decide what's what i believe is best for the country based on the constitution and and the declaration of independence and the bill of rights and all the things that have made this country great um whether you agree or not okay it doesn't matter that's what i, I end up feeling and so i'll go to if somebody then organizes something and says wait a minute don't do this because this is this is the ultimate um collateral damage that's going to happen from this i'm going to go to that um we don't think always in those terms. We get very, very tunnel visioned. Uh, we had people at this, at this um, demonstration who, who just said they just wanted to impeach Obama. And I said, well, I understand exactly where they're coming from because maybe if you get rid of him, all these other problems will go away. Um, but he's not the source. He's not the core. He's not the um, cause. He's the puppet. So I said to them, I said, okay, so let's say you did impeach Obama. Who becomes president? Biden does. And who becomes vice president? Pelosi. Well, you're mad at Pelosi, too, and you understand that she's corrupt as all hell. So why would you want her in as vice president with the possibility that Biden could then go away and she's president? Well, that was scary. So maybe impeaching Obama at the moment is not the best thing to do. Maybe you have to go after Congress, they said. Okay, so if you... Um, go after Congress, the only way you can do that is on a state and district level. In other words, if you want to get rid of Nancy Pelosi, which I don't understand why she's still in office, but um, but she's very, very dug in in her district in San Francisco. They believe that this radical, super left-wing, you know, um, Democratic Socialist, which is the DSA, the Democratic Socialists of America, should be there, and she should be head of the House. She'll never get voted in again in that position, but they believe that, so she's never going to lose, people think. And I, I think differently. I think if Californians really wanted to, they could recall her, but they don't know how to do it. And it, it's just a, it's a petition for recall. It needs a certain number of signatures. It goes to the California legislature and... Most of them are corrupt in Sacramento. So we go back to corruption, okay? Um, you can't get rid of Barney Frank in Massachusetts either because gay men in Massachusetts and, and the left wing of Massachusetts who are super liberals in his district say, this is, you know, this is an openly gay man. We want to make sure he's in there. Just like black people say, oh, this is a black man. We want him in there. They don't look at all of the things that these people do. They, they stay very tunnel visioned about things. Um, so I tried to look at everything that was going on while I was there. I took pictures and we, you know, we've got 
we get things up on Facebook for those who are interested, in, and we're actually going to develop a a website that's just just or a web page. It's just a nine twelve web page. Um, with some ideas for the future. I mean, I, I actually think there should be a, a, a mobile 912 museum of sorts because the creativity, the creative energy I saw coming out of these millions of people uh, was just amazing. I mean, the fact that people took off work, you know, whether it was vacation days or, or whatever they had to do, spent the money. I mean, it cost me hundreds of dollars to go do this. $100 a night or more for the hotel and... Um, train fare and the gas to get there and back and um, and food, you know, I mean, you end up with a thousand dollars probably to go try to to fight for your country, and and people who came from further away who had to fly. I mean, people were there from every state. There were, I don't think I don't think we found one state that wasn't represented. So it was a full continental congress, you know. Um, uh, but the point is, is that the, they're, they're coming from all places and they have all kinds of, of issues and we have to get now to a point of how do we use the 912 date and this historic event. Um, you, you will be able to go on the website and see some videos, by the way, that will convince you that most of the media on the other side is totally wrong. Uh, as a matter of fact, we have one video from one place where a woman stood in the middle of the street as the marchers were coming down and she, she, it's all sped up, so you see him coming past you very quickly. But at the end of the video, it's about a five-minute video, um, they pan from the steps of the Capitol, which is the best, the only place, actually. You can see how many people were there. They pan the whole area. And if you remember that there were 1.8 million at the inauguration and how they filled up certain areas, go beyond that with this panning, and you see people all everywhere, even in the parking lots. The other amazing thing is is that when everybody left... You couldn't find one piece of trash anywhere. And uh, someone on the left will say, well, that's because there were only a few thousand there, and, and when Obama had his inauguration, there were so many people they ran out of garbage cans. Well, sorry. I've seen the pictures, and nobody even bothered. I saw people the day before the march. Um, a bunch of people went to meet the, the Tea Party Express bus when it was coming in on its final uh, final stop in, in uh, D.C., and um, and that was in and of itself kind of an interesting thing to observe. But um, once the bus was, the whole thing was done and people started leaving, there, this was just a walk through a parking lot to meet the bus and people were walking back towards the trains or the cabs or wherever they were going or the hotels. And if there was little trashes, little pieces of trash someplace, they picked them up. And that trash probably been there for weeks. They picked it up anyway because they feel ownership. They know that this is their country and there's no way they're going to trash it. Um, they feel very much a part of it. So I think that there should be really a, mo a mobile 912 kind of museum thing that that lets people truly understand. It goes around, you know, maybe during election times or um, when there's an issue on the table that certain states can't quite get a handle on or cities can't get a handle on that the, that the 912 mobile unit with um, with videos and books and handouts and, and information, educational materials, goes out to that area and spends a day there and, and lets people get informed so that they know what the hell they're talking about. We came out of the hotel on uh, on Saturday morning to take the shuttle to the trains, and there were, there were three women, probably in their 50s or 60s, standing there waiting for the shuttle, too. And it's automatic when you're at these things to wonder if everyone around you is going or you're the only one who's going. Um, again, 
trying to decide whether you're the, the loner or, or part of the group. And, of course, so we we said, you know, oh, you're going to the march? And they said, what march? <laughs> now, they're from uh, New England area and hadn't heard about any march in D.C. And, and so we tried to tell them, you know, what it was about. And they said, oh, we're not into politics. And I said, how can you not be into politics when it affects your whole life? I said, whether it's the health care bill or, or the cap-and-trade the taxes, um, what's going on in Afghanistan, you know, how much money is going to all these projects, whether it was the stimulus or the bailout. Um, uh, immigration reform is coming up soon. How about ACORN or the Apollo Alliance or the SEIU or, or the Center for American uh, Progress, which is all based in the DSA, you know, Democratic Socialism of America. What about all those things? They have no idea. They, they're like, well, we don't pay attention. So then a few, well, you know, we dropped it. It's fine if you're not political or you think you're not. Politics is personal and personal is political. But we kind of dropped it. And a few minutes later, this lady came up to me. And she goes, well, like, give me an example of something. I said, well, okay. How about taxes? I said, you know, you're, you're, you're traveling to D.C., so you're not poor. You must have some kind of income. I said, what do you think about, about taxes? And she thought about it for a second. And she said, um, well, I think I like fair, I think I want taxes to be fair. We should all pay taxes, but they should be fair. And I said, so are you for a fair tax? And she said, well, yes. And I said, then you're on our side. <laughs> and she just kind of looked at me, and, and the people around me kind of laughed because they all knew she didn't understand what I was saying. I said, that's how easy it is. I said, when you realize how something is affecting you or the country as a whole, um, and you get educated, then you then you can pick sides if you have to, or at least know where you stand which is important. You have to know where you stand as an American. If you want a, um, a, a socialist or communist or left-wing radical country, then you stand up for that and you go vote for that because that's America. You're allowed to do that. Okay? Um, anyway, they didn't get too convinced because we didn't push them either. Just, you know, we were more interested in we're, we're going to go meet hundreds of thousands or millions of people and... and um, and just totally curious to see how many showed up and, and what they look like. And so we didn't push them. But, but you never know. You know, this might have um, affected this one woman who was going to go home and get educated about how her taxes are being affected by all these things. And, and, and she may call a couple people and not realize that by calling a couple people and talking to them, she's actually become political. It's such a bad word to be political. It's not, no, it's not. Because we live in a society and we live in a country and it's governed and it's governed by law and by the constitution of the united states which people are breaking and when they do that it affects every single person here um, white black or poor or, or rich or whatever you know so so you your life does become political when you go to the store and you choose what you're going to buy based on ingredients or based on where it comes from or based on price or um, quantity or or quality, you're actually being political because you're dealing with the corporate corporations in a capitalist society who are either doing the wrong things for you or, or are doing good things for you. Um, when you drive your car to go see the museums in Washington, D.C., number one, you recognize Washington, D.C. as being the capital of our country, and that's why it's not a state and it should never be like Pelosi wants it to be, but it's it's a district um and that within that district there is a lot of history, and that history is our politics. So why would you want to go to a museum if you're not political? Well, what do you care about what people did to to make this country free? Um, about all the struggles or the wars or 
or the art that came out of that because of the pain. Why would you care about visiting the, the, the museums if you don't care about politics? See, people have put politics into the politicians, and the politicians are corrupt. Um, and that's where you come back to is, is what do you do about all this? You know, besides March on Washington, do you, you know, you give up now because the media didn't pay attention and nothing changed? Oh, believe me, we have made an impact and, and we continue to make an impact. And it's not anti-Obama, but what Obama has to learn and his people have to learn is that he's not the black president of the United States. He's the president. Not black, not all this racist card that keeps coming out. He's the president. He's the president of all people, not just the Democrats, not just the black people, not just the left wing. And um, and that's what I don't think this administration has ever attached itself to. They see themselves as the left wing radical transformation party, the the one that Obama said, you know, in that famous video now, in five days we're going to fundamentally transform the United States of America. Well, the United States of America did not want to be transformed into a different country. And that's where a lot of these people are also coming from. They're fearful of that. They see it happening. They see... Um, uh, spending and, and, and baloney spending. I mean, we're, we're spending money on things that we shouldn't even be spending money on and sending it everywhere so that our great grandchildren can pay for it through the nose. Uh, and their idea is that that spreads the wealth around. Well, I worked all my life and don't have a lot of wealth, but I expect my Social Security, at least, that I was forced into paying, which is a socialist program, but, but I was forced into paying it. I want it back. And if you're going to take, if you're going to try to take it away because it was a socialist program, this is what happened at town halls. It's like, oh, you want Medicare and Social Security to go away? Fine, pay me lump sum. You know, take some of that $700 billion pork barrel stimulus that you did and pay off all my Social Security. I'll take it now. Um, and my Medicare too. I've had to pay Medicare into Medicare for 45, 55 years. So pay me that lump sum and I won't care anymore. You want to take the socialist programs away. But Social Security and Medicare were set out there because it was done during, during administrations that weren't as radical as this one but still had the same basic agendas that everybody needs to be taken care of. Well, if I had grown up from the age of 16 I, when I was legally working, although I worked before that, and knew that um, there was no program for Social Security, I would have saved money a different way. But since they already took all that money out, you save it through them. Okay. And, and it's like my father used to talk to me about this. He said, but you're not, make, you're not making even 1% on what's going to Social Security. And I'd say, yes, but I'm being taxed on... X number of dollars, and that's going to the government, and they're taking out Social Security and Medicare. I don't think I can afford to save a whole lot more after that. So we got kind of pushed into the Social Security and Medicare thing. Um, uh, and and didn't re maybe a lot of people didn't realize, because they don't do their homework, and they don't understand who they're voting for, and they just go vote party lines, and or they don't vote at all. If they think everybody's the same, they don't bother to vote. And then they find out later what the consequences of that action are, um, but uh, what we have to start voting against, maybe not for, um, is the corruption. I mean, 32 czars, uh, a, a staff that comes from the lowliest places that they could possibly come from, Valerie Jarrett and, and David Axelrod, um, Carol Browner, um, Rambo, you know, Rahm Emanuel, John Podesta, who was Clinton's guy, uh, who runs the Center for American Progress. You got George Soros, the multi-billionaire who hated Bush and hates America and is a uh, naturalized citizen from the Ukraine or someplace like that who almost destroyed the French, um, uh, 
the equivalent of the dollar in France, whatever it is, I can't remember now, but um, who has written in many of his books that the problem with the whole world is America, so bring it down, and the way you bring it down is through its economy, and, um, and you know, to crush the economy so that you can push through social programs, you have all that going on, you have the Clintons still in this office, whether we believe it or not, and and the stock market did go up under Bill Clinton, there were some good things that he did, but there were also all these other things, these these left-wing radical things, you know, NAFTA and all those things that have destroyed a lot of our economy and what we stand for. So we have all of those up in, in the White House and the executive branch. And we have Pelosi and Reid and Frank and Dodd and Boxer coming out of the House and the Senate. Um, we also have a whole lot of people who are in the part of the Democratic Socialists of America who are in the House of Representatives. And then you have a bunch of people who have either been threatened, bribed, or blackmailed within the House and the Senate, and that's all corruption and it needs to go away, and we need to take care of that, because we still have major issues on the table, and, and um, can't wait till 2010 to take care of those. We have we have organizations like ACORN, finally, finally, people voting to, to stop the funding. What they should also be voting for is massive investigation of all of the little tentacles that ACORN has out there, and who's been um, getting the most from this so-called nonprofit organization and the Apollo Alliance that Van Jones is a part of that helped write our stimulus bill. We, we don't know even the people in there, but they wrote our stimulus, which we're going to pay for. Um, the SEIU, which is supposedly the, the Service Employees International Union um, with Andy Stern. We have teachers giving to the SEIU, which is also connected to ACORN, which tells people that 13-year-old prostitutes from other countries can come here illegally and hide in somebody's house and go out and pimp their bodies. Um, we have the teachers union giving 1.5 million dollars to this organization every year or more so that so that they can go teach people these things um, we have the media which is now either in bed with or or whatever with this administration because of whatever reason you know and that's TV that's radio people forget about talk radio it's not just rush limbo on one talk radio show you can hear on talk if you go talk radio on SMM s M radio uh, or Sirius XM, you can you can listen to all the left wingers just bashing everybody all day long. Um, you got the New York Times, the Washington Times, the Wall Street Journal, the magazines like Time and 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 you know Ebony and Vanity Fair, all over there, not covering anything that is really going on in our country, and 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 they're going to suffer for it, and they already are. Uh, if they think that there's only a couple thousand people who are complaining about what's going on or are aware of what's going on and are marching on Washington tell me why then they're all all of the ratings and the um, revenues coming into those media outlets uh, have, have gone down to nothing and you know you have NBC you have Jay Leno that's going to be on NBC nights now at 10 o'clock that's their last ditch effort they're barely paying him and his staff um, trying to bring the ratings back up and if he doesn't make it that they're going to collapse. They're going to implode. Uh, anyway, so we, you know, all those things are involved in everybody says, this is supposed to be the holistic health. Well, it is. Because it's not just a health care bill. I mean, the best way to socialize a country is to, is to do it through their health. And that's why people are saying they don't want a lot of this stuff. They know it. And why any of you who would be listening to me don't know it, I don't know. But when you, and then when you come to the other stuff like cap and trade, um, do you even understand what that means? For instance, oh, and GE, don't forget General Electric, which used to be a good company. I mean, GE, they do good things for life, you know, that kind of thing. 
um, they're totally part of the White House now and and uh, stand to make zillions of dollars on cap and trade um, because they'll be capping all the, you know, and, and, and taxing all the carbon gases and going to this giant electrical grid, which... Um, and the green jobs, et cetera. I mean, GE just last week closed another plant that didn't make the news. We're not, we don't want to tell anybody. They lost 600 jobs, but they, they didn't lose them. They closed it on purpose because they're moving. You're not going to have light bulbs pretty soon. At the end of the year, you won't be able to buy a regular light bulb. Um, how does Simon Edison feel about that? Instead, you're going to get these mercury light bulbs. Do you think this doesn't affect your health? Mercury light bulbs. If you drop one in your house and you break it, you have to call a hazmat group to come in and clean it up. Because it's that dangerous. Um, so, of course, what we're doing is we're going out and buying a few cases of 60 and 75 and 100 watt light bulbs so that we have them when they stop selling them, which will probably be the beginning of the year, next year. Um, now, don't go running light bulbs because everybody's going to come after me if you do that. But, but you know, go to Sam's Club or, or the next time you go to the grocery store, instead of buying one little package, you might want to buy a couple. Because um, once they're gone, you won't get them anymore. And uh, you, you saw, well, you probably didn't because a lot of people don't pay attention, but in other countries that have used, that have gone to um, the health care that we're trying to fight against, that they are now trying to get rid of, and who are uh, moving towards this green society thing, uh, and... and these mercury light bulbs, I mean, the people ran out and got light bulbs, they really stockpiled them. <laughs> Because they they don't want the mercury in their house. They don't want these light bulbs in their houses. But we don't care if we kill people with mercury as long as we save the planet. Um, I don't know how you save the planet when people are going to be dropping light bulbs in there and all of this mercury is going to be seeping back into the ground along with other things. But but this is these are the things, and that's why you, you do become political. If you care anything, not just about your country, but about your health, your children's health, you know, the vaccines, what's going on with swine flu and the vaccines. Come on. A thousand people a year die from flu anyway because of complications and the fact that they're not healthy enough to fight it. So, so we lose 46 people and it's a, it's a pandemic. So everybody has to go out and get this vaccine. Well, you know that certain people are making hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars on pushing this vaccine. One of them is Barack Obama. He invested more than a quarter million dollars so far in the pharmaceutical companies that are going to make this vaccine. So if 300 million people are going to get it, he's going to make a, you know, several million dollars <laughs> and it, depending I don't even know how much more they've invested because you can't even watch the web and figure out through all the webs who's who's investing where through whom and if they've changed their names or or done it you know under the table or whatever you can't figure it out but that makes it political again you know don't infect don't inject my children or my friends or my mother with this vaccine because you want to make money so you create this fear of a pandemic Okay, that makes me political. That makes me want to get in my car and go to Washington and say, stop. I don't want you to do this, and you're not in charge of, of these things, and you shouldn't be in charge of these things. It should be limited government, and the people run this country, and the people decide. Not, you know, some guy who says, I'm not going to listen to the town halls. I'm going to do what I think is right because I think this is right. Well, then get out of there, and they're going to vote you out. Remember, we still vote. What I'm scared of is that we may get to a point where this this administration and the radicalness of it and where they're coming from, their basic agenda that they try to destroy the Constitution and we don't have a right to vote anymore. And how are you going to feel then? Maybe it'll be time then to get educated. But um, for right now, I'm still on a high from that um, 
that march it was very tiring i drove home you know 16 hour drive and and could barely see straight when i got here but every time i see a video of all those people i mean i i weep i weep for my country because it is in trouble i weep for my constitution because it's being trampled and destroyed but i also i i I get the lump in my throat and I, and I wept there as I saw millions walking by me and, and, you know, they all had their chance and, and some of them could barely walk and some were in walkers and some had to sit down because their backs are broken or their feet are broken or whatever. And, and they sat there and talked with each other and, and there wasn't any violence. There wasn't anybody yelling at each other. There were fights. Nobody's breaking anything. Nobody lit anything on fire or threw rocks. They marched quietly but loudly. And they marched with dignity and pride. Um, but what they mostly marched with was a love for this country that so many don't understand anymore and maybe can't find. And I'm just as proud as I can be that, uh, that I was there and a part of it, but also proud uh, of all the people who, who came. And it, like I started to say, I, I observed so many things. I mean, there was one, uh, as we were going into to meet the Tea Party bus, um, some black women decided to spit on some white women because they've made it this racial issue, this racial divide. And so other people tried to come to their defense. And, and I actually grabbed one that I had met from New York and, and kind of pulled her aside. And I said, you know, just rise above it. Just say, God bless America, God bless you, and walk away. Because if you if you fall into that trap, you the divide becomes worse. So I And I thought about that, and I said, why... why is this divide here and who's causing it? And I said, well, we're part of it. You know, all of us are part of it. Um, but this isn't a racist thing that's going on. Everybody thinks it's racist because it's a black president. Well, remember, he was black first and we, re we elected him. But his policies are what people are, are demonstrating. So why do black people have to believe that every time we disagree with what he's doing, or Van Jones, who's also black, or whatever, that then it becomes a racial issue. It's not race on our side, it's race on their side. And why do they feel so threatened? Well, because they've, they've been made to believe that this is the man who's going to take them away from all of this, that they're going to be white. <laughs> In their minds, that's what it turns out to be, that they're going to be like white people. Well, fine. If he can do that, fine. We're not trying to stop anything like that. But I don't want to be um, a non-white person either. I want to be who I am. I'm Italian. I'm Native American. But I don't say that. I'm American. And what we want black people to do is say, you're American too. And so love the country and, and fight for it and work for it. Um, not be like white people, but work for the country. That's what this is about. When the founding fathers did their thing, they didn't look around and say, go, let, we're going to be this. It's going to be white America, and this is the white Declaration of Independence and the white Constitution, and when people get jobs, it'll be white people getting jobs. And They didn't think that way. There were 56 people who said, we want to break away from taxation from a, from a, a tyrannical King George III or second, whoever he was, and and stop all this taxation without representation so that we can build our lives, whatever that means. And it evolved from there. And, I, you know, I'm going to get, I know I'm going to get emails because of what I just got done saying, but but get over it already. I'm tired of the race cards. Um, I know racism exists in America, and I know some people uh, capitalize on it one way or the other more than others. Um, and it'll come up forever uh, because we keep allowing it to. Uh, there was um, 
we got back to the hotel on Friday night, I guess it was. Uh, got out of the shuttle, and as we were getting out of the shuttle, there was a woman being escorted out of the hotel, an Asian woman, by the police. She was handcuffed and just cursing and swearing like crazy. And we just kind of stood there, and I actually got my, my little camera out, my pocket camera, t- in case anything bad happened, I would have a tape of it, you know, whether the police did something bad to her or she did something bad to the police, whatever. And was filming it, and... um and I was listening to her, and she kept screaming, "You all help me! You, you should help me! You should help me! You should help me!" And the word "help me" was—I mean, that phrase was just like a million times she had to say that, and glaring at everybody around her to help her, to help her. I said, "Where does what happened here?" Well, she walked into the hotel and just started screaming at people for being at the, being part of this march. That you know, this was 25, 35 miles away from downtown DC. And screaming at everybody in the lobby, not knowing whether they were going to march or not, but deciding if they were white and they were in a hotel and they were in D.C., they they must be um, racist and and anti-Obama and anti-everything else. And so she started screaming at them, and somebody finally called the police because she got in their faces. And the police came, and, and I watched him walk her out, and he was being quite nice to her, but then she spun on him and tried to grab him in the face, and so he had to throw her down and, and handcuff her. Um, and then she kept screaming, and I, and I thought about it, and I said, you know, again, another person who feels like if you're white, you're taking something away from them. And was that what this whole election was about? Is that what they made it into? Um, if it is, uh, you know, I don't know what to do about that. The divide is there. Uh, all I know is that, that when I was voting, and you heard me for two years, I said, we've got problems with Hillary, we've got problems with McCain, we've got problems with Obama. And when we have problems with Sarah Palin, maybe being too far right, we have problems with Biden not knowing what he's talking about. Um, I mean, I've covered all the bases. So if I didn't vote for Obama, that makes me racist, right? If I... Then I, and by the way, right after the election, if you, if you, you who listen to me all the time, you know I backed off. I said, okay, he's the president of the United States. I have to respect that. I didn't vote for him, but that's what democracy is all about. I took all the bad stuff off the websites and, and took down actually the, um, the podcast that might have made him sound negative because out of respect for my country. And then as his policies started deteriorating very quickly, I mean, it didn't only take three days. You know, he's going to close Gitmo. What did you think about? How? Did you think about the consequences of that? What's the collateral damage to that? No, never thought about that. And then seven days later, it puts out this um, this bailout package, which he had asked Bush to do. Uh, and and I'm looking at what's in the bailout package, and it's all pork. Forget about bailing out. So they gave money to banks, but they also had all these other things they hide in these bills, which has got to stop. And I said, no, now you're getting on my nerves. And, and the last straw was um, was the stimulus. And I said, that's it. Now we've got so much going on that, that is affecting and going to affect my kids and their grandkids and all that, that I have to start speaking out again. So was it racism to suddenly say, okay, this man who happens to be black, but is the president and his cabinet, who are black, white, and indifferent, are doing these things to my country. If I complain, does that make me racist? Well, in many people's eyes, it does. And all I can say to you is that you need um, help, and you need to figure out your own racism, if that's how you feel. Because this is this is this is uh, these are issues that affect everybody: black, white, yellow, green, red. Doesn't matter. 
and and there are those of us out here. Yeah, you see the protesters as being mostly white, but you know when you talk to the black people in the in the protesting group, I'd say to them, how come there aren't more black people? They're scared to be here. They got to follow the the rest of the black people because we have a black president. Well, wrong. They were brave enough to come, but they couldn't talk their friends into it because they don't want anybody else to think that they're they're selling out to white people. Well, where's the way, where's the racism then? Is it the people who marched because they felt passion in their hearts about stopping some of the stuff that's that's destroying our country and our constitution, or is it the people who wouldn't come to the march because if they did, they'd be copping out to white people? Well, you tell me where it is. I'm just going to leave it at that because it's going to be a continual a continuous. Um, debate and it, and it tears people to pieces it makes them sick and it doesn't make anything move forward uh, it doesn't make our country well it doesn't heal the wounds from either the history or the present that are going on right now there's a lot of a lot of salt being rubbed into so many things and it's it's not white people just white people who are doing this um, get a handle on this we have more important issues anyway a big huge corruption issue of of, of bribery and um, threats and blackmail and um, the money grabbers that are actually using using people using black people and using Asians and Native Americans to to propel their their agendas forward to make them more money and when the time comes they will throw you under the bus okay you have those six people from Acorn three different offices who were taped doing what Acorn tells them to do well Barack Obama trained people to tell Acorn to tell them to do and as soon as the tapes came out they fired those people so they're out of a job now throw them under the bus to save yourself always um, where I come from there are a lot of Marines at this march by the way but where I come from and being a, a former Marine once a Marine always a Marine we have ethics and if I examine an issue, if whatever's been going on in any of my companies that I've ever been managing or, or owned or whatever, when I have um, employee issues or policy issues that I have maybe set a policy for the office and it becomes an issue, I look at all sides. And somebody could really look like they screwed up. And, and a newspaper could have come in and said, this person did this, that, and the other. Am I going to fire that person? No. Because if I believe in in our 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 institution, if I believe in our office, if I believe in what we're doing, in what our agenda is, and I hired these people <clears throat> and knew what they were doing was ethical and honest, I'm going to stand behind them and I'm going to defend them. Um, I haven't seen that in this administration at all. Fire Van Jones because, uh-oh, the word got out. Fire the six people from Acorn because, uh-oh, the word got out. <laughs> When do you fire people because the word got out? Because you don't want the word to get out any further. Um, you don't want any, anything else exposed. So, we're going to try to do some things. Um, we're going to do some extra pages on, on the march and, and get some people together and do some things on this because we have to heal the country to heal ourselves. <clears throat> and I'm not exactly sure what it is yet because it's all got to get worked out and tweaked. But that's back from D.C. I, I hope this helps you. We will have a lot of videos up on, on this page once we get it done, maybe today or tomorrow. So you can go to earthwalk-usa.com and probably um, what you should do is earthwalk-usa.com slash 912.html because I'm going to make it a separate page from the rest of the website. So it's earthwalk-usa.com slash 912.html. Um, I'm starting to sound like some of those newscasters that keep sending it to their pages, but 
Uh, I do want you to be aware if you just want to go to earthwalk-usa.com and cover all the other stuff that we cover with the vaccines and the water and the books and the, uh, everything else that's happening out there, um, make sure you go there. And spread the word. You know, this is, you know, half of this march in Washington was spreading the word. It was people coming together. I, I, I'm just so proud of all the people there. I feel honored that I was able to be there. Um, and I feel honored by all of you who continue to listen and have spread the word about this podcast so that it stays up there on the, on the top of the list on, on all across the Internet. So keep listening. Spread the, spread the word. Send the emails. Uh, just send the link out. Do whatever. Stay, stay strong and stay firm and ask questions so that you can make this country well. And when you make the country well, you make you well and you make your families well. And, and that's what we're here for. Okay, this is Raina G. Thanks for listening.